Welcome once again to Inside LAFC. I am Max. We will be here throughout the offseason finding you guys. It's not hard. There's LAFC makes it so easy, obviously, with things happening all the time. Last week was huge with the two player signings, Kim Moon Juan, and the club was amazing with the rollout of what they do. Shout out to Ben Chi and Richard Roscoe, who, who took uh, leadership there and made it feel as big as possible. And based on the reaction on social media, which is not an exact measure on how big things are received, uh, it did very well. But I can tell on, on other stat statistics that suggest that this is a big deal. And we're very excited to speak out more to our Korean community in Los Angeles and engage them more. And Kim Moon-Hwan is an entry point for that. Also on that day, the addition of Corey Baird, who we're going to talk about now. And because of the uh, euphoria around Kim Moon-Hwan, Corey Baird's situation, very interesting. This is a guy who, since he was a teenager, highly regarded former MLS Rookie of the Year, and a guy looking for a change of scenery. And LAFC, very excited to provide that for him and give him a, a hit, hit the reset button a little bit. But he's 24. And we're, we're going to talk about Corey Baird. We're going to be joined by Brian Dunseth, Southern California guy who broadcasts games up for ESPN. He has a serious XM show called Counterattack. I'm sure many of you listen to it. It's a, it's a great listen. And he also is uh, on the broadcast team. It does a ton of stuff for Real Salt Lake, which is where Corey Baird come from, came from. So we will talk about that shortly. But a, a few exciting tidbits to share with you. Uh, early this morning and recording this on a Tuesday, I couldn't help myself. So I, I saw the draw for the FIFA Club World Cup. As draws go, this is the, the, the briefest of draws because there's only six teams in it. Uh, Auckland City, well, one of the clubs that we're going to participate, will not go now. And you, you can understand why. Uh, so there's going to be a tournament here in February in Qatar, the host of the 2022 World Cup. And LAFC almost made it. They were this close. So I was watching and, and they pulled out Tigres's name. Uh, you know, you could only imagine what would that look like with the word, the letters LAFC on there. But that'll be for another day. But one thing that was very interesting that happened, Tigres got drawn against the Korean club, the champions of Asian, Asia, Ulsan Hyundai. I got to find, I've heard Hyundai, we say Hyundai here, Hyundai, and Australians call it Hyundai. So we need to, I need to figure that one out because we need to be up to speed with all things Korean. But Ulsan will take on Tigres and the winner there will get Santos Palmeiras. It's a fun tournament if you want to tune in. And I think there's enough there to draw your interest. And you can just you can imagine the team's black and gold playing there. But that was pretty cool. I got to see that. The biggest news this week surrounding LAFC was the call up for the under 17 team of all three academy players for the club, Eric Duenas, Christian Torres, Tony Leone. Uh, I reached out to Todd Saldana a little bit, just over text. He said it's a training experience. They are the only three non-Liga MX players to be called in. All the other clubs, all the other players are affiliated with Liga MX clubs. He gets to play. These guys get to train with those guys. There'll be a few friendlies with Liga MX academies and inter-squad games. And for guys that haven't played that much, this is a really good situation. This is Todd's words in a safe environment for them. Idle hands aren't great. Obviously, you can get a change of scenery for these guys 
It makes them feel big time. It's going to be at the Centro de Alto Rendimiento, the CAR, the well-documented training facility in Mexico. And when you're that age, you get this experience, you come away all the wiser. So a great opportunity for those three guys under the watch of Luis Ernesto Perez. That'll go through January the 21st, and they'll come back with a, a new perspective and a new experience and a great week of training with those guys. I would also add the Mexico under 17 squad, also the the birthplace of Carlos Vela, where the under 17s won a uh, the World Cup. And that opened the door for that incredible generation of players, including Carlos. Would also add, there is a U.S. connection to these players. And that's going to, you know, if these guys do well, the U.S. national team, and they are already on the radar for these three guys, but this accelerates things. So, you know, both both countries looking for talent at the age of 15, 16, 17, and these three guys uh, will be viewed in that same capacity. So very exciting development there. MLS Super Draft coming up. And uh, track record for LAFC, it's not... I will say that the Super Draft has produced just recently some great professionals, including in 2018 when LAFC in year one selected... Tristan Blackman with the third overall pick. Remember, they also selected Jao Moutinho with the number one overall pick. LAFC is nowhere picked that high since. They've usually gone out of the first round, and you can't really find a lot of players from the draft that have stuck on longer than a short-term situation with LAFC. But looking through those years, uh, Mark McKenzie was a pick in 2018. He just made a big move from Philadelphia Union to the Belgian League. 2019, you look at guys like Andre Shinyashiki, who's a featured player for Colorado. Dane St. Clair, who's the starting goalkeeper in the Western Conference Final for Minnesota. Minnesota's done great in the draft. Chase Gaspar. So there's talent there coming from the college ranks. I think there's a perception that that route is closing. That is not the case. So there might be an opportunity for LAFC. You look at what they've done in years past, 2019, they picked Peter Lee Vassell. Remember Peter Lee, who made some appearances, spent some time at Phoenix Rising. That was with the 40th pick, so that was further along the line. And then in 2020, where Orlando picked Daryl DK, who is now with the U.S. national team, LAFC picked Paulo Pita, goalkeeper, Brazilian goalkeeper, who now plays or is on the squad for North Carolina FC in USL. LAFC will be picking 14th. There could be that they could move up or back. We shall see. It certainly depends on how John Thorrington and Bob Bradley view the talent. And I know, and you know, they love young players. So if they see somebody, they will give a great opportunity to come in here. So that's something to put on your radar later this week and to see, because you never know. That's the thing about drafts. You never know how it pans out. I saw MLS had a video with Josie Altidore when he got picked in the second round as a teenager uh, with the New York Red Bulls and look at his career has turned out a couple of decades later, a fantastic career, like 15 years later, but MLS super draft, certainly something to keep on your radar. It just goes overall. So much stuff is happening. We'll hope to have some more news about the start date with major league soccer. Uh, obviously they want to start it in March, may not be able to, there's the CBA situation, which is a work in progress. And, uh, I don't want to get into too many details in that because it's a uh, uh, there's is a little complicated and several parties involved, but these things will get ironed out, and we will be talking about football and a definitive start date 
and hopefully a, d- a date where we know we can have some supporters inside of Bank of California Stadium. And keep in mind, 2021 is going to be packed with not just Major League Soccer, but World Cup qualifying, Gold Cup, Olympics, you name it, it's all happening. When we return, Brian Dunseth will be joining me to talk about Corey Baird, and we'll talk a little bit about LAFC. Somewhat his hometown club He's now in Utah, but he obviously has his Southern California ties. This is Inside LAFC. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to Inside LAFC, and one of Southern California's own joins us now. We're not going to talk so much about that, but always like to welcome back one of our <laughs> own. <laughs> Brian Dunseth, the pride of Cal State Fullerton, oh. Upland, California. How, how are things? What's up, buddy? How are you? Thanks for having me. Doing great. Is the analyst and does a lot of work for Royale Salt Lake and also on Sirius XM with Counterattack, which I listen to a fair bit and I text you during the shows a lot. I'm sure that yeah. drives you crazy. You're like, you're a moron. Shut up. Stop talking so much. Well, the one time when you're going, yeah, they're going to transfer him for 25, pound, 25 million pounds sterling. And I'm like, can you please say it in dollars? <laughs> so by the way, the best part about that is Miola and I now say pounds, euros, and American dollars. And when we say, and we finish with American dollars, we say, and that's for you, Brados. <laughs> Good. Pounds are just a way for the Brits to say, oh, yeah, our currency is worth more than yours. And it always, one day we'll pass them. I don't know. Oh, I, but, uh, I, I enjoy all the stuff you do. And we've known each other for a long time. And uh, mm. we were to talk some MLS, but I wanted to, to talk uh, uh, specifically about Corey Baird, who is also a Southern California guy and is coming from Real Salt Lake. They traded with general allocation money to bring him into LAFC. And you've had a good chance to see him in the three years he has been there. And this was this was part of a big day for LAFC, obviously. I know you you see and take notes of everything. Uh, Kim Moon-Hwan uh, was announced later in the day. And earlier it was Corey Baird. And so, you know, the Kim Moon-Hwan was, we, people knew it was coming, but the Corey Baird uh, move was uh, really caught people off guard. And, this is a former rookie of the year and now coming to LAFC. So how, how, how did you receive that news? And were you surprised to see that they were going to move Baird? I think for the amount of money, Max, that was involved in this transaction, it's a no-brainer for Real Salt Lake. Now, listen, Corey Baird, when he came out of Stanford, uh, and I was fortunate to kind of do a little bit of Corey Baird's matches for the Pac-12 network at Stanford. And you knew kind of pace, athleticism, the ability to get in behind, the constant threat of when he was on the field. All right, well, how would that translate to Major League Soccer? And when he came in, remember, it was a unique environment with Mike Pecky. There was no real number nine. You know, uh, Yuramov Sissian had come back from Russia. That didn't really work out. And then it was kind of nine by committee. Uh, It was uh, a bunch of different players playing this hybrid of a number nine role, but more about work rate, athleticism, closing down space, and then just seeing in the transition how quick he could hit. Well, Corey Baird was perfect for Real Salt Lake in that time. And you remember, he came in the league when he won Rookie of the Year a few years ago. That was Chris Muller from Orlando City, and that was Mark McKenzie, who was just sold from the Philadelphia Union to Gank over in Belgium in a part of the full U.S. men's national team. And Tristan so, Blackman. Yeah, and, Tr- and Tristan <laughs> Blackman, who now is a part of the U.S. men's national team, called up for this camp. So when you look at Corey, his, his physical traits 
we didn't think immediately he would adapt to major league soccer. And was he an eight? Was he a wide player? Was he kind of this, this hybrid of an off the shoulder? Was he just to, just to interrupt you? Is that because yeah. he didn't quite fit in the position? He didn't look the part of like, are your classic number nine. And a lot of teams don't have well, that. A lot of teams play that certain way because, or is it just the guy where he's good, but where will he be most effective? And, and I think that was the challenge. It, it was, all right, statistically, if you start him as a number nine, he's going to get you a decent amount of goals. He's going to need chances. He's going to create chances. But he's not one of those Bradley Wright Phillips type of finishers. He's going to need three or four chances to finish it off. And that, and that and that's a growth thing. That right, That's an evolution as a professional and the player. You get better through repetition for being in those, those, those moments. Um, I think for Corey we were still trying to figure out what his best position is, but I'll tell you what, with the way the LAFC plays and in particular, the way Bob and his staff continue to teach how they want to play about being in possession with the ball. What do we do when we don't have the ball less about the opponent, more about us. I think Corey's going to thrive. But if you would have told me Max, that Corey, when he first came to real salt Lake within three years, you are going to be able to get out from underneath his salary of four hundred to four hundred seventy-five thousand a year, and on top of that, you were going to get an international slot and five hundred grand in general allocation money spread out over the course of two seasons. I would have told you you're crazy. I would have told you you're crazy. So you, you're you're looking at a young man who's had a taste of the U.S. men's national team, who's coming off a pretty poor statistic year, but then again, Real Salt Lake fell apart in crunch time in the Western Conference push for the playoff races. And I think it's a win-win for both sides. I think Corey will get a coach that will hammer him down and positively hammer him down to the basics of the way LAFC wants to play. And we've seen that over the course of these past couple of seasons that, in my humble opinion, and I know this goes against the grain of what everything else Merritt Paulson always talks about, LAFC is still stylistically the most fun team to watch in Major League Soccer. And when they are healthy... I think they are the biggest threat to any club in Major League Soccer. And we saw that in CONCACAF Champions League against Tigres about a month and a half ago. So I think he makes LAFC better. And I think in the period which Real Salt Lake doesn't have an owner, can't go out and spend designated player money, and still is in kind of this unknown as opposed uh, with regards to what has transpired over the last seven months. This is a fantastic situation for the club and Freddy Juarez and now Pablo Mastroeni and Tyrone Marshall to go out and identify players that they can bring in that aren't DP level, but are TAM level and difference makers. So I think it's a win-win for both sides. And just full clarity here, you've, you've been coached by Bob uh, mm-hmm. on the international level in, in certain areas too. So you know that that's the Short time at Chivas USA, yeah. And Chivas USA too. Yeah. And just listening to you when you say it, he goes, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a big package to get Corey Baird who his output was diminishing from 2018 on. Yeah. Uh, I think he had eight goals in his rookie season, which got him rookie of the year. The, the numbers were down. He still got the games in, but wasn't as, as productive. So if you, you look at the situation, this is a, a change of scenery and in, you'd have to think Bob and John Thornton are looking at the guys. He has the tools. Let's get him in our system and we can get the best out of him. And I think the player too is going to really appreciate something new because look, he's 24. He's got, he's experienced a lot of good things. He's gone yeah. to the national team. As you said, he's, he's gone the accolades. He is, he earns well in major league soccer, but that, that doesn't stay 
forever yeah. until you you've got to deliver. So this he has to be in addition to coming into technically his hometown club. He's uh, you know, from the San Diego area, Escondido uh, in Orange County. Uh, I should know my geography here a little better. I was in Escondido, <laughs> not too. I went to Temecula and Escondido driving around, so it was very nice. Not too far away. Yeah. So well, not too far away for but him. One it's, hell of a drive. Yes. <laughs> Dude, sometimes it's during this pandemic, just get in your car and drive and yeah, yeah. just soak it all in. Um, but before we answer that, I mean, this is to see. He hit some hurdles. I know this season there was a documentary thing where the team he, did, yeah, yeah, and the team did, and it was it was it was look, everyone had a rough year, but you know, Rail Salt Lake, uh, with it was some issues with the owner and 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 the restructuring, uh, certainly supersede what other clubs probably went through, yeah. and that had to affect Corey in some way. But how do you how do you see this as a player of a guy seizing this opportunity to come to a new club and pl- play for a, an illustrious coach in Bob Bradley? Yeah, so to, to be clear, my time with Bob Bradley was underneath Bruce Arena uh, with the U.S. Men's National Team in the early 2000s. And then for a short stint when I was down, kind of in the transition of being traded from Real Salt Lake to Chivas USA to LA Galaxy right at the end of my career. And I can tell you from being a part of Bob's sessions and watching Bob's sessions as now a broadcaster um, and, and tracing the U.S. Men's National Team around the United States back when we were calling games with Fox Soccer, Max... There, these sessions are sessions that you want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And I know you talked to Bradley Wright Phillips and, and he's gone on and, and we'll see how he does in Columbus. And, um, you know, everyone's got personal decisions to make, but we had bought, we, we had uh, Bradley Wright Phillips on our show uh, on counterattack uh, Monday through Fridays, channel Sirius XM FC channel one fifty seven, uh, one o'clock to four o'clock West coast time. So thank you um, for the West coast time. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, and Bradley said to us, out of all the managers he's had, Bob is either his favorite or one of his favorites. Based on every single day he showed up, he learned something new. It was dialing in the little intricacies. So when I think about Corey Baird, I'll give you one name, one name. And this this is the player that I think he should be. He yeah. should be Jordan Morris. He should be what Jordan Morris is right now two years from now. <laughs> and, 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 and I, and I mean that in terms of when you look at those two players, athletically, they are the same exact player. I mean, the same exact pair, power, pace, everything. Now what Jordan has had with Nico Ladero and Raul Rui Diaz, he will now have with everybody, Diego, yes. Brian, Carlitos, and, you know, you, you see how, even the younger players, the 16, 17-year-old players have evolved into first-team con- uh, co- uh, contributing members of the squad. Musovsky, what, what he's done to regenerate his career. So my, my hope and challenge for Corey Baird at LAFC is that two years from now, he is what Jordan Morris has been for the last couple of years in Seattle. And Jordan Morris now this potential loan move to Swansea, which could lead to being a featured player in the Premier League if they face promotion uh, mm-hmm. at a club where he'll see a lot of minutes. If everything works out, is obviously a comparison that gets people very excited. People at LAFC know him very well because he was an LAFC killer in a couple situations and a very tough matchup. And I think when you, first of all, with Corey, when, when they sign Corey, obviously people are going to go, wait a minute, we have. We have a front line that's pretty locked and loaded yeah. with yeah. Bella, Rossi, 
Brian Rodriguez, where does he fit in? And it's probably, it's worth mentioning. Once you look at 2021, whenever the league starts and we're, we're still waiting, I know I talked to you off air about that. We're not sure when that date's going to fall, but it has to kind of fall a little sooner than later because when May, June, July roll around, it is going to be international Palooza or yeah. for everyone. Yeah. Uh, World Cup qualifiers, Gold Cup, you name it. So there's an opportunity. Corey might be involved in, who knows, maybe in a... He's already got a couple of caps. Yeah. He's already got a couple of caps. So you need those numbers of, of players because this season's going to be, you know, if if it doesn't start on March, it starts a little bit later. You're going to have two games a week. You're going to have guys off and you still have COVID to deal with. So it, there's going to be quarantines and additional international mm. duties. It's going to be... Well, and, and see, even, and, I can't, I feel bad yeah. for soccer ops all over yeah, the league. Right? They got <laughs> well, and I, and I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, that, that, that we're seeing this move being made. And again, it, it's, it's a, is it a risk? Yeah, it's a risk because you're giving up an international slot and you're, you're spreading out 500 in general allocation money over the course of two seasons, but really 250 and then 250 on two different seasons. If you get a guy that can, let, let, let's say, and and this is goal scoring, chance generating LAFC. He he could very realistically, depending upon where he's starting, if he's if he's wide left, if he's wide right, if he's starting at the point nine. I mean, the speed that you're you, that LAFC will have if he's at the point nine is is frightening. But then again, how many teams play LAFC wide open? Right. I mean, a lot of teams Tiny sit, enough. defend, and look to counter. Um, but whether he's starting or he's off the bench, there, there should be an opportunity for him to be anywhere and roughly anywhere between eight goals and eight assists. I think that should be the challenge for Corey. Statistically, if you can get eight goals and eight assists out of Corey Baird for LAFC this upcoming season, goals. I, I, I think you're, that, that money's well spent. Yeah, and that doesn't seem so far so far fetched. And with regards to the, the, the GAM money, and you know, LAFC did well. Uh, business-wise with collecting. You look at the Walker-Zimmerman trade where yeah. they were able to uh, coop uh, a, a good chunk, which they could probably went a long way in uh, facilitating the Corey Baird uh, trade as well. And to, going back to a previous point, it's, uh, look, I've been, I sat and watched a lot of training sessions from teams all over the world. And I've never really seen anything like what Bob Bradley does now. And there's an attention to detail. There's an intensity mm-hmm. Which I mean, you when you're at the performance center watching it, you immediately lock it in because you want to see the the nuances, the the inner workings of how this all comes together. And it's try, try again, again, and uh, it's you know I've seen when, when you were playing and or and you've seen it too. You see a lot of times before they get that intensity level, but certainly at LAFC they get right into it. And I think that'd be a good fit here for Corey Baird. Uh, if, if, he's definitely going to want it. I know he's excited about it, and we'll uh, we'll see it all play out. But it, the more you look, this is a this isn't like a a move for the the fringe. This is a guy no, who I think no. could play a lot, and I think it's a smart move when you look at you want to get that extra player at every line of the field you have. Yeah, a hundred percent, Max. And and again, an MLS Rookie of the Year, a kid who's always been already been a part of Greg Berhalter's full U.S. national team. He's 24, so he's not available for Jason Christ and the under-23s in terms of their CONCACAF qualifying. And he's going to be pissed, right? He's going to be pissed at the way statistically the season turned out for last season for Real Salt Lake. He's going to be pissed that he missed out on the playoffs. 
because we all know that's what you play for. I mean, regular season, we talk about regular season all the time, but when you miss out on the playoffs, and then on top of that, not only is he going, quote-unquote, home to Los Angeles, he's going to a a phenomenally well-run club, top to bottom. The training center out of Cal State LA is nothing short of exquisite. The stadium itself is, for me, the best stadium in Major League Soccer, having had the opportunity to call plenty of games there. Preach. And, 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 and I just I think when you go and you find yourself in an environment like this with the players that he is going to be playing alongside, the reality is it's an upgrade. It's an upgrade to what he has been a part of. So, and and these facilities out here in Real Salt Lake are incredible. The training facility down in Harriman Zebra is is you, you talk to some of these these coaches, they're they're saying these are world class. These are like upper echelon Premier League, Man City, Liverpool, Manchester United type training set. Now Leicester City. Um, so it's not as as though he's walking away. There was yeah. just no financial infrastructure on the team that was being spent by the former owner. So again, I think for Real Salt Lake and where they find themselves, this money getting out from underneath the 400 to 475 in salary on top of an international slot, on top 250 per year for the next two seasons in general allocation money is is a great get for a kid that I think is going to want is going to reinvent himself in terms of how we see him playing underneath the tutelage of Bob Bradley and playing alongside guys like Brian and, and Diego and Carlitos Vela. Yeah. What you said about the Jordan Morris comparison, it works when you have a Nico Lodero and a Rui Diaz, and he'll get something very similar to that. So that's a very exciting prospect. And I'm glad you said that about Real Salt Lake because I know it was a tough year, but you know, I've been up there a lot in call games. The stadium's spectacular. The facilities are, the people around the club are top notch with the exception of you. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> you are, you fit in there beautifully. And I've always had a, a a soft spot in my heart for everyone uh, with Nick Ramondo and, and Kyle Berkman at the end of their careers too. just you guys have given so much. And then the, the ability of building that Academy, which is bore so many fruits. So hats off the rail salt Lake. It is yeah. a top uh, franchise, a top club. Bob's going to, if he hears it, he's going to be so upset. We can't call it franchises. I don't know why that slipped out of my mouth. It's it a top club. Yeah. Yeah. Top so, club. Hey, by, by the way, a club, a club that, is in a huge transition period because you just talked about not only are we talking about ownership, Max, this is going to be the first year there's no Kyle Beckerman. So you think about kind of the DNA of this club going back to like Borchers and Ned Grabovoy and Will Johnson and Javier Morales and (laughs) Alvaro Saborio. There's no more Nick uh, Hamas and Alave. There's no Nick Romando. There's no (laughs) Kyle Beckerman. Empty the RSL chamber right there. They're gone. They're all gone. So I, I think that's the other part of this conversation from an RSL perspective they got to bring in leadership. Who's the leaders? They lost Nate Monoha as well. Um, I'm not sure who the captain's going to be this year. It's probably going to be Demir Krylock, but still, uh, the DNA of this club, it's a big transition moment. I got to announce them when they w- went to MLS Cup. We called the Western Conference final there. Uh, yeah. it, it's at Salt, Salt Lake. Back to Rice Eccles Stadium, too, and that oh. ball would bounce 20 yards in the air when you, oh, I know. you would My slide and get a nice rug burn. Hurting. <laughs> so look, obviously that's great intel we appreciate it with Corey bear but you know while we have you here your thoughts on what lafc were able to do ending the year on a uh on a high note narrowly missing Concacaf champions league i was watching the draw this morning it was it was difficult because you kept replacing what would that look like with lafc on that little mm-hmm. piece of paper but you know water under the bridge it it was like many other clubs a stop start clip a hurdle here uh very frustrating along the way I remember when the games were all 
postponed on the day uh, the social unrest, which led to uh, emanated from what happened in Wisconsin. And then every MLS, it was a fascinating day to be part of where it just happened. But that was part of a very frustrating season. So how did you see LAFC and how they navigated and how they project when when they get back to action here in 21? So uh, again, um, I I just think that with John, so full full disclosure, John Thornton and I go all the way back, all the way back to teenagers. And so I've got nothing but the absolute respect for everything that he's done through his career. And from the day he was announced uh, at LAFC in terms of building the club, being a part of building the club from the ground up, um, I thought he, he couldn't have done better with putting Bob Bradley in charge of this club. And to see kind of the collective relationship from Zaki to Ante to Sorbs to everybody involved there, I think they've just done a fantastic job. And starting from scratch uh, at the bottom tier of the academy and watching these young former 12-year-olds develop into the players that they are in such an incredible... And I'm from Upland, you know, being having played all over Southern California, I know firsthand how good these young players are. Um, and to see it in fast forward motion now with the development opportunities is nothing short of extraordinary on the field. There's not there and, and, and outside of Atlanta United underneath Tata, no disrespect to anybody else. And I, and I truly mean this. And I know Toronto's had a great run. Portland's had a strong run. Seattle's had a great run. I just think what, how Bob plays the game. It's it, it, if anyone closes their eyes and opens and there's no names on the jerseys and you just, you're watching the game kind of squinting a little bit, you think this is world-class football. World-class football, just based on the style and the substance of how LAFC plays their style of football, their style of soccer. So um, the disappointment for me, Max, was simple. LAFC was unfortunately punished from an international window that had nothing to do with them. To, To lose the amount of players that they did, again, through no fault of their own, was was horrifying. It and, and I'm using this in context of sporting room, just so everyone's clear. It was horrifying to go into a game knowing that you've lost, what was it, four starters? Yes. Yeah, um, you could four, say three and a half, but close to four. I mean, most so, of yeah, all four so guys. So three were, starters and a sub. or, or yeah. you know, But all four of them were starters in some yeah, world. So 100%. You could say it. Yeah. And, and, and to know that you, everything that had transpired and you've worked so hard for to overcome and create kind of this whatever form of a bubble safety barrier that you've created to know that when you lose guys going away on international duty, there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. So devastating to see their play in the CONCACAF champions league finals uh, was extraordinary to see the path to knock out Leon, to knock out Cruz Azul, uh, to deal with the hijinks of, of club America. And by the way, can we just talk about Ante? Don't, uh, and, and Piojo picked the wrong guy. I grew up with Ante. He picked the wrong guy to square up to. And, and I don't know what he was down? thinking. I can we double down and figure out how, how, how was Club America and Piojo so prepared that they brought a walkie-talkie into the stadium? So when he got kicked out, he was still in the stadium on the walkie-talkie with the bench. That's incredible. But I digress. To see the hijinks and then to see the performance they put in against Tigres um, and one special moment from Gignac separating these two teams – I just think they're a fantastic squad and I think they're only going to get better. And I think as we continue to see the evolution of this team, and if that, even if that amounts to selling quote unquote, some of your best players, 
I think we've seen it's a club that's not afraid. They're not going to shy away from an opportunity to grow, even if that means parting ways with some of their elite players in the squad. So I've got nothing for nothing but respect for everything that the club does down to the management off the field, what you do uh, in your social media with the club. And uh, you can expound on that if you'd like. It's a- well, you, I think, it, listen, Max, you, we and you know, you and I bust your chops when I come into the stadium, whether it's RSL or CSPN, I'm always teasing you. We're having a blast. You were the first guy I called the national broadcast with over at Fox, uh, an LA Galaxy David Beckham against a Hong Kong 11 at like 4 a.m. West Coast time. And I've got nothing but respect for you. I mean, you, you are one of the architects in terms of, of calling the, the, the American game here in Major League Soccer, and you're Champions League, your Serie A, your Premier League, your your Fox Soccer Roundup, all the things you used to de- do back in the day, uh, your time at ESPN, back at LAFC. There's no one else they could have picked that would better represent the club. So I you was, guys do a great job. I was kidding and, about and, that, but I really appreciate it. No, no, I mean it. I mean, I'm g- genuinely mean it. I, I think you're an incredible human being. I think everyone loves you and they know that. But I think when they hear other people talk about you personally, where I know you personally. I think it's important to to understand that 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 they understand how how great of a human being you are. So that on top of thirty two fifty two and that stadium and how loud they are and how much fun it is and how cultured they feel the game. They know when to get on the ref. They know when something isn't going right. They know <laughs> how to affect it. It's that's just, a great it's a point, stadium. man. That's yeah. a, a sophisticated crowd really does is. that, and there's moments where a crowd can win or encourage a referee or something to happen because of. That's what a home field advantage is all about, yeah, right? For so. sure. For sure. Dunny, that was awesome. And what you said about uh, with Bob is is spot on. And you see a guy who's been at it and done that. And so many guys stick to what works, but he's tried to reinvent how he coaches and do things with how the game is changing. That's hard as you get older in any, and I know because I'm getting older, it's hard to adjust as the times go, but you need to. And I think he's done it so well as opposed to some other guys perhaps, but he is, uh, it's tough to create a brand of football that's like that. I always say it's easier to maybe play a little, when you don't have the resources, maybe like LAFC, it's it's tough to still stick to it and say, we're gonna, this is how we play. And it works most most 90% of the time and you're gonna hit some snags, but you stick to it and it's it's hard. But I think that's why he appreciates because it is a hard job. Yeah, I mean, and, and by the way, a winner from day one, from DC United to Chicago, um, the 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 disaster that was kind of the New York Red Bulls, New, New York, New Jersey, Metro Stars, the Red Bulls phase, taking over Chivas USA and making them a power player in the West. Uh, for for all the hate about the U.S. men's national team, at least there was an identity, a consistency in the identity, and a development. Um, to see him go to Norway, to see him go to France. To, to see him go, Egypt before those, uh, I thought he, he got the raw end of the stick at Swansea City. Uh, I, yeah, I don't he think did. any he didn't he didn't succeed, nor did anyone else either before or after. And then to see him come in and and again, I, I'm, I'm I'm not trying to overplay my hand, but to see LAFC start in Seattle, come to Real Salt Lake, and after the game we talked those first two wins on the road as an expansion team you knew what you were getting from this team. They, they were Immediate. After two and a half months. They, they were built tactically better than a lot of these existing teams. So yeah, I'll, I'll do respect to what the club is doing as a French, a quote unquote franchise, Max Bredos. Um, but I, I love seeing the culture and the identity off the field as well. My hometown representing. 
That's right. You're always welcome back. And uh, we, we hope to have you and everyone there for a game very soon. And best of luck with everything's going to rail. Salt Lake, it's again, it's a transition year for you guys, but it's got to be exciting. And, uh, you know, we what we see from Freddie and, and, and the guys, Pablo and those guys who are going to be in Tyrone is a legend in his, in his own right. These guys know what they're doing. And uh, it, it, the future does look bright for, to me, one of the uh, one of the first line clubs in Major League Soccer. I would say that without any hesitation. You stay safe again. One o'clock yeah, West Coast time. Sirius XM. Channel 157. Channel 157. Thank I you. go channel 157 and 156. Fight Nation. And uh, and when you hear yeah. my voice, you pop over to Fight Nation. <laughs> I go back and forth because it's one <laughs> it's one dial switch. There you go. So anything around Love 155 it. to 159, I listen to a lot. There's Caliente, which to get some uh, some Latin music there. It's like two above you. So that's the that's the real estate you have. Oh, poor, the poor 405 watching you bounce up and down, listening to... Uh, Pulling over to, to send you a text about pounds. <laughs> Love it. Buddy, good man. Thanks for joining us. And please rate, review, and subscribe inside LAFC. We will be here throughout the offseason until we get ready to get the games going. There's never a dull moment. Always stuff to talk about. We'll, talk, we'll be with you guys very soon. Thanks for your support.